sit right back and you'll hear a tale. What? A tale of a fateful green. Yeah. Is this thing on this? February. It's our annual February episode, starting this February. Welcome aboard. We've got a couple of new songs by Mr. Rick Perry, late of the presidential campaign. Another woman's sport to you. My brother Matt will be with us today. And we're going to have a couple of messages from our corporate underwriters. You wash my hand, I'll wash yours. A lot of good stuff coming. So stay tuned. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Thanks for dropping in on This Is Big Green. Perhaps the best Big Green-related podcast there is out in cyberspace. You will not find a better one. I guarantee it. Ha, 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 ha. And here we are. My brother Matt will be with us in a few moments. He's um, busy getting his uh, look together. It's very important that he looks right for this uh, podcast. It's very important to his image. We try to look our best. As you can see, I'm wearing an 18th century waistcoat and um, uh, some kind of tie. I'm not sure what kind of tie this is. I borrowed it from a butler uh, at a large estate somewhere in the East Hebrides. As I was saying. Yes, we've got a big show for you here today. We're going to do things a little differently this time. Actually, as it happens, um, times being what they are, we're trying to find a way to monetize the podcast, as they say. Monetize it in a way that is profitable to us. We live in an abandoned mill. Um, Still have to keep the lights on. We may be squatters, but you know you have to do these things. We absolutely have to do these things. Hmm. Anyway, um, what do we have to do? Well, let me explain. Here's how it works. Um, you've listened to NPR before, I presume. Most people have at one time or another, perhaps in a car, perhaps in a train, perhaps in an airport. Um, they have what's called corporate underwriters. Corporate underwriters do promotional pieces that they do not refer to as, uh, um, commercials. They refer to them as underwriting, underwriting messages simply taking credit for the fact that they've underwritten a given program. Well, I've been fortunate enough to um, secure some underwriting for our show, and that's why I can afford this beautiful 18th century waistcoat that I'm wearing and this tie. So anyway, now the thing is with these promos is that 
you have to do them the right way. Of course, you can't be, um, you have to be serious for one thing. You can't joke around. I mean, they're very serious about their underwriting. You'll notice on PBS and on NPR because these guys are, you know, basically signing their meal tickets. So you have to be very careful how you say it. You have to read the script very carefully and you have to be uh, very charitably disposed towards the people who are underwriting your show. So, um, oh, also, because this isn't NPR and we're not under any kind of severe restrictions, this is our own podcast, we're a law unto ourselves, that sort of thing, we're not a nonprofit, we're here to make money, right? So, um, they have requested that we create the appropriate ambiance so that it so that it dovetails with their current marketing campaigns you'll notice a lot of corporate sponsors when you see their um when you see their ads or when you hear their ads from the next room there's um a guitar playing in the background usually a solo finger picking style guitar it's kind of something kind of folksy think um bp Whenever they talk about the golf, you'll hear some kind of like slide guitar um, or any one of a number of major oil companies will have somebody playing a finger-picking style guitar in the background. Uh, I'm going to try to provide that here. Our sponsor is the National Oil and Gas Institute, and they've been kind enough to... uh, allow us to do some promos. Um, so we're going to try to give them the proper ambience and I'm going to give this a try. This may take me a couple of tries to get it exactly right, but we're going to give it a try. (coughs) 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 Today's episode of This is Big Green is brought to you by the Oil and Gas Institute. Let me try that again. Cue the music. Today's episode of This is Big Green is brought to you by the National Petroleum and Gas Institute. Petroleum and Gas. Oh, what is the slogan? I've forgotten now. Let me try it again. Today's episode of This is Big Green is brought to you by the National Oil and Gas Institute. Oil and gas. Okay. This is what they wanted me to do. I... Let me see. Got the script right here. Okay, here it is. My apologies. Oil and Gas Institute, my apologies. Here we go. Today's broadcast is brought to you by the Oil and Gas Institute. I'm, t- I'm sorry, the National Oil and Gas Institute. The people who bring you fracking. Fracking. With a name like fracking, it has to be fracking. How is that? Hello? Dear me, I may have to get a professional involved. America, always growing, 
always expanding. America, always growing, always expanding. And now's the time to work together. Perhaps a little less whining and a little less complaining. You want it all, we know you do. You like your nice warm houses and your big cars now, don't you? No, you don't want hydro fracking. Oh, no, 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 no. Think of it. Think of how it'll despoil the land. Think of your water on fire, whining, sniveling little... Oh. Well, like I said, it's time we started to work together. We're the American Gas and Oil Institute. There for you? Don't you think you could be there for us just a little bit? Yes, quite. That was a little promo from the National Oil and Gas Institute. Takes a professional to do a professional job. I guess we've all learned a little something today. Anyway. We're going to play a little number from our Live from Neptune CD, EP, as it were. Um, It's a song called Merry Christmas, Jane. version of this appeared on our album 2,000 Years to Christmas. And this is the live version with Mr. Jeremy Shaw playing guitar. And here it is. Uh, Merry Christmas, Jane, the live version from Live from Neptune. Find out more about this at big-green.net. Another shameless plug. This is brought to you by the American Petroleum Institute. Oh. <laughs>
Yes, that was Merry Christmas, Jane. A cautionary tale to all of those who become obsessed with the holidays around the time of the holidays and who carry it forward into the rest of the year. Please, take this to heart. And now... Hey, here we are, Matt. How are you? Uh, I, I'm fine, Joe, considering. Matt, you look well. You look well as well. You look extremely well. That may well be, Joe. That may well be. <laughs> that may well be. So what was the first year, what was the first month of the year for you like, Mr. Perry? Uh, Joe, it was a whirlwind trapped inside a cyclone. Oh, my God. No, I don't know. It was it was terrible. And, 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 it was terrible and great. It was terrible. We were stuck <laughs> in the ice for three days. It's like this this very strange winter in which the temperatures soar to fifty fifty five degrees even. Well, at least it isn't global warming. <laughs> no, we don't believe in that. Nor do we believe in evolution. No. Now, global warming is one of those things where, you know, it's it's kind of like a double-dog area thing with the Republicans now. And the Democrats are all, like, scared. We're scared. Scared can't talk. Yeah, they're chicken. They're chicken and hydrofracking, too. Yeah. They treat it like guns. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you raise guns, they're all like, <laughs> I guess we better not say anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> they might get mad at us. It's the Democrats' brilliant uh, tactic of... Pretending an issue doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I'll close my eyes. It'll I know. Go away. Seed <laughs> the ground completely. That'll stop it. Yes. Pretend you're dead. Then they'll walk away. <laughs> and you'll rule the day after that. They never heard of. They never heard of um, um, scavengers. Apparently. No. Never. So, Joe, this was a this was a big week. Well, yes, this was. was a big couple of weeks. Rick, Rick, our cousin Rick, he dumped out Joe. He prayed, and I guess God said, no, no, no. He's gone from the race. He's gone. He's he's back to Texas. So much for our dream of having a cousin for president. Texas, where it all began. Uh, he might not be completely out of it. God knows. Texas. Texas has him back. Have you Have you talked to him? Uh, I have talked to Cousin Rick, and he sounded, well, I can't say he sounded dejected or depressed, because he's never really depressed. He was actually a little bit elated. I I sent him a case of syrup, and he seemed unhappy about that. <laughs> okay, he received so he did syrup. receive the syrup. Good. Yes, in fact. And he was kind enough to uh, share a couple more songs with us. Did he? Uh, oh, oh, okay, good. Well, he, and the, he and the recognizable Hicks. Well, uh, yeah, it's his band, which we we recognized a few of them. Yeah, see, even though the campaign is over, he got the Hicks together one last time. The Hicks! The Hicks! No, I didn't bring it with me, but th- we did have a question from our last podcast. Oh! I forgot to... A question! I forgot to bring it, or I deleted it or something, but it had to do with... Um, it was a question about why we, or why Rick, uh, uses... Uh, the accent that he does in some of the songs because it seems like it's a much thicker and more Appalachian 
almost uh, right. It's kind of Ozarkian. Yeah, and he's of course from Texas, and so why does he sing with that accent? And are we, or is he, um, somehow denigrating people of that region of the country? It's part of the tradition of the music, Matt. Well, I thought it. W- I thought the answer might be that Rick does that because when he he campaigns, he he really you know gets into the flavor of the folks, and so he's appealing to them, just like we we've seen with other politicians when they go and speak to certain audiences, their accents get a little bit more uh, accentuated, appropriately <laughs> regional, depending on where they go. So when they go to like address a, a crowd of Swedes. They start talking more like this. <laughs> yes, I would like schnoodel for everyone. Schnoodel is a Swedish delicacy, I think. Schnoodel. And I'll have to ask my wife. Peak jars of beer. <laughs> peak jars of beer. Now that's Denmark. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. What, the, what the hell's the difference, Joe? Denmark, Sweden, what the hell? So, uh, yeah, I think that that's more of the phenomenon. We remember when Hillary Clinton went, where did she go? It was someplace in the South when she was running for president, and she, like, pulled <laughs> pulled some really heavy accent. <laughs> <laughs> she did an Annie Oakley, I think. She well, so, got a gun. Yeah, and another time she was, uh, she was talking, sounded like Nipsey Russell or something. <laughs> it's like, who does she think she's talking to? <laughs> she whipped out the banjo, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. <laughs> and he, even uh, Obama's accent gets a little bit thicker occasionally when he... She was having some Ocean's Big Grapefruit Juice cocktail. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that wasn't Nipsey Russell. <laughs> what happened to Nipsey Russell? Nobody talks about him anymore. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Nipsey. I think he died. The, oh. I think he might have died. Oh. Well, we can dedicate this podcast to him as well yes so you know to who else? him and to rick perry and to who else and to Joe? dick tufeld well who the hell is that i'm afraid you know who that is enlighten me joe it's not a name that conjures up any face in my brain dick tufeld was the voice of the robot in lost in space oh yeah no, well i knew that he died but i just didn't know his name that is his name. Well, the guy inside the robot died, too, didn't he? Yeah, Billy May. Billy May. He died two years ago, I think. Two or yeah, three oh years ago. Oh, my God. Now the whole robot is dead. I know. It took years for his voice to die, but it finally <laughs> died. <laughs> yeah, so he was just kind of stuck. Paralyzed. <laughs> paralyzed. <laughs> he was paralyzed. <laughs> no power. <laughs> it's up still talking. Worse than dead. His brain is gone. Well, Joe, uh, I thought we could celebrate. Celebrate. I thought we could. <laughs> celebrate. We want to celebrate. <laughs> this is nothing to celebrate. He's gone, don't you understand? I'm sorry, Joe. I know how much he meant to you. Have you no feeling? <laughs> yes, I do, and it's all bad. No, Dick Tufeld used to do voiceovers for for CBS back in the sixties. Well, he did voice like, he did voiceover I for know. Lost in Space. Too. I know, but I mean, he was the narrator besides me and the announcer. But I mean, even when Lost in Space wasn't on the television, yes, he I was know. Like, like in between shows, it'd yeah. be like Dick Tufeld. He'd be talking about like the they'd pull him out for uh, Voyage 
to the bottom of the <laughs> sea. <laughs> well, he had the gig with Irwin Allen pretty much the whole time. I mean, it was like, okay, Dick, we got another show. It's called Voyage to See the Bottom. <laughs> what did you sound like when you were saying it? <laughs> All right, man, I won't laugh. Okay, Joe, well, I got a special treat for you. On tap here. What could that be, Matt? On tap, Joe, we have an episode of Lost in Space that features the robot man. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Last week, as you recall, we left Dr. Smith, Will, and the robot at play, unaware that a trio of aliens were waiting. The object you seek is in the cave. And why are we waiting out here? Let's go in and get it. Maybe we shouldn't, Dr. Smith. Who knows what's inside? A hundred gold balls, that's what. Come along. (laughs) He who turns and runs away may get his information another day. We need the robot. This picture destined to live until 2012. We will give you gold for him. It's useless to try and escape. Your fate is already sealed. Ah! <laughs> right, uh. Are you finished? <laughs> yes, I'm finished. I with think your, they're just about your, finished there. With your dick too felt. <laughs> <laughs> with your Dick Tufeld tribute. Well, you know... That went on way too long. Well, Joe, all I could say is he was a very important man in our lives. More important than you. More important than Billy May. <laughs> I keep confused. Are you sure it wasn't Bob May, the guy the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the guy was, was always... was Bobby May. <laughs> trying to sell us things at night. <laughs> I think that was Billy May, was it? <laughs> I don't know. It's Bobby May, Billy May. What's no, that was Emma. One May. of them lived inside of a robot. No, that was Ellie May. She was uh, on the hillbillies, Beverly Hillbillies, which was on at the same time on the same channel, same bet time, same rat channel. So, well, I actually one thing I didn't mention to you, Matt, is. I was thinking about taking endorsements for our podcast. <laughs> it's an actually radically new idea. Radical hate. For raising funds. I'm, I, I like I'm trying to keep it from NPR because I'm afraid they're going to steal it from me. Damn NPR anyway. Damn them. Well, they were talking to Robert K. <laughs> this morning. <laughs> and I thought... Jeez, why can't I do that as well? <laughs> Talk I tried to Robert call- Kagan? Yes, I tried to call him. He wouldn't answer the phone. Um, but well, then I was thinking... Maybe you well, could talk to David Axelwad. I think they talked to him. <laughs> <laughs> they talked to him, too. David Axelwad. <laughs> Stephen Inskeep, or whatever his freaking name is, <laughs> talked to him this morning and was, was more or less saying that well, shouldn't don't you guys deserve to lose? Because <laughs> it's like, of course he'd agree to that. <laughs> yeah, it was like, well, don't you deserve to lose? Well, a year ago, he's or three years ago, he said, if by this time we hadn't recovered fully, then then he didn't deserve to be reelected, didn't he? Didn't he? He said that, didn't he? <laughs> yes, James. Yes, he did. He did, James. He did. <laughs> See what Whistler has to say about that. Yes. <laughs> James McNeil Whistler. 
Your Highness is a gem donut with cream on the top. <laughs> your Highness is like a stream I of bat piss. <laughs> it was one of his He shines out like a shaft of gold <laughs> when all around is dark. I simply met him yesterday. <laughs> anyway, my idea for um, for endorsements is to actually to actually do the endorsements and then try to rifle money out of people for having done them. It's kind of like when they send you, a, you know, like a, a notepad or a set of greeting cards in the mail, and then they cards. they try to lead you into making a contribution of some kind. Well, what we can do is we can do promotional promotional endorsements by prominent companies, perhaps. Um, I we, don't could, know. we could try and just Texaco. <laughs> we could try and blackmail Texaco with poems. Does Texaco still exist? <laughs> that's, that's an important piece of research. <laughs> we have to start with this. If we're going to if we're going to blackmail them, they have to still so exist. I was telling you guys a few weeks back about um, Alexander Wilson, the father of American ornithology. How oh. when he lived in Scotland, he he got put in jail because of trying to blackmail <laughs> a mill owner with a poem. <laughs> He fancied himself a Robert Burns. <laughs> Robert Burns. <laughs> he had these like incomprehensible poems, <laughs> and uh, he had this one that he, he 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 threatened if the mill owner didn't give him five pounds that he would publish this poem that said all kinds of terrible things about him. I'll not publish this poem for <laughs> this poem for five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, a ridiculous plan. <laughs> I guess so. It didn't didn't work. But then, that's how he ended up becoming the father of American ornithology. So he the mill owner said. The mill owner said, after reading the, the <laughs> ransom note, he, he probably said, "You should have stuck the boys." <laughs> well, he he was an agitator. He was oh, he was kind I of see. a yeah. As one he was of those, a well-known agitator, troublemaker. Yeah, troublemaker. So labor activist. I know his kind. In those days. Yes. In those heady days. Those heady days. It was, around, the war. it was just before 1800, I think, or maybe just around 1800. Hmm. Uh, yes. He got, revolution. He got tired of, tired of making Argyle. <laughs> <laughs> A dirty landlord's trick. <laughs> no, that would be Irishman oh, Joe. <laughs> You know you can't. <laughs> that, that would be a Welshman. <laughs> Damn it! I'm circling get Scotland your, like get, a buzzard. Get your British Isles straight, man. <laughs> I thought it was all the same island. <laughs> Next thing you'll be speaking Except like an Ireland thingy. Speaking like a Cockney. Al. <laughs> <laughs> or speaking like you're from Cornwall. Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> Or, <laughs> if you're from Lincolnshire, Lincolnshire, yeah, I think, I think that's where we're from here. Well, you grew up next door to Robert Kagan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I didn't know any of the Kagans, I'm afraid. Yeah, sure. Although I did uh, talk to a room full of doctors yesterday, and I wasn't even sick. <laughs> It would take a room full of doctors to care what's wrong with you, buddy. Although the way those guys were eating, you think one of them is going to be sick today. <laughs>
<laughs> so what what songs are we playing, Joe? Well, the folks. Why don't we talk about um, one, of, one of Rick's songs? Um, <laughs> let's okay. see. What did Rick record for us? It is a little song called. Um, oh, it was called. There's a little song called I Endorse Newt Gingrich because he endorsed Newt Gingrich. That's right. And what was the other song called? I think it was called the same thing because Rick forgot that he already wrote one song that said <laughs> endorse Newt Gingrich and then he wrote another one. <laughs> he wrote nearly three songs. Call it two. Ha! Uh, the other one's called Limpin' no, no, Back was, to the Ring. Oh, that was the one we did last oh, time. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, we did that at the last show. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Scratch that. I'll erase this later. <laughs> You're going to be doing a lot of erasures, Joel. Yes. I'll have to do you a lot of You should probably editing. erase that whole Lost in Space part. Yes, that was really embarrassing. <laughs> I'm going to get rid of that. God. God, if we erased everything that was embarrassing to us, we wouldn't have a show. <laughs> that wouldn't be a show. Yes, um, there was another, there was the other song that was, the, I've been calling it The Devil Romney. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right. Um, I lost to The Devil Romney, It's right. kind of a bluesy little number, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me of like a... It harkened kinda, back to my days at the Academy. <laughs> the Ozark Academy? Yeah, that's where I went, Joe. Yeah. You believe me, don't you? I remember those days. My tongue is firmly in my cheek. <laughs> I remember those days. Yes, um, yes, I visited you there. Yes, with with cousin Rick. <laughs> cousin Rick was your roommate. That's where he learned to talk fancy, which was quite a coincidence because he is also our cousin. He is. Yes, and um, yes, it, it has a kind of a mountain uh, blues kind of halfway between blues and bluegrass uh, sound to it. Dips it's, in and out of that. It's got that cry of anguish that often yeah. you hear echoing through the hills, the smoky hills. Yeah. Yes. It makes you, makes you think of fishing and, and, a throat and burned, marzipan. A throat burned raw from the, the toilet. <laughs> Beneath the earth. Eating burning hot marzipan. <laughs> Digging burning hot marzipan from the bosom of the earth. At least that's my impression of what was going on around there. I think that was the inspiration behind this song. Yep. Yep. Uh -huh. Marzipan with a little maple syrup. Mm, boy. Well, that's where he learned to like maple syrup. That's right. In the Ozarks, because there's a whole lot of maple trees down there. And he learned how to identify trees, and he was able to identify the, the sweet gum tree. Well, Rick can identify 15 different kinds of syrup. The, the cucumber magnolia. <laughs> which which grows cucumbers. <laughs> the cute magnolia. <laughs> he learned how to chew backy. Chew backy. And, uh... He yeah. also uh, learned how to spit through his grin. <laughs> Just like everybody else there. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Joe's trying to... Yeah, that's, that's the song. 
I was dancing. <laughs> you were looking at me like I was going to start singing, but I didn't know if you were going to go to the other part. Or... Yeah. <laughs> oh. That was a, a song that we had that uh, was about... What the fuck was that about, Joe? That was about, uh, <laughs> that was about The Fugitive. Well, kind of. It was about A Fugitive. Well, yeah, it was about A Fugitive, but it was kind of like, kind of like Kimball. It was uh, Little Pig Flies was the name of that song. Little Pig Flies. And I wrote that back the Academy. <laughs> the Ozark Academy. The Ozark Academy, where this song was written as well. I had a... This song is called That Devil Romney. Yeah. And here it is. Two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> The devil's Romney I was beat by the demon spawn Lord, how could you let this happen? Lord, your world is spinning wrong Now I can't get it out of my head My prayers were answered with nothing Lord heard nothing that I said I'm endorsing on the Congress I'll disrespect you with a Pope's twist Just despite you
Yes, um, that was great, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed that song by Rick that we just played. Which one did we play? That the Devil Romney. Oh, that was that was great. That was great. It had the cry of freedom in it. It did. Right. Although I was a little bit worried about Rick at the end there. I was thinking that maybe we won't be seeing him in church anymore. That's right. He's had a crisis of faith. He has. According to the song. We might see him in the church, but it might not be the the Christian church. Yeah. And the, uh, yeah. uh, He's got to patch it up with Jesus. Yeah. He will. He will. I'm confident he will. He needs himself a patch, Adam. He has to go to the prayer breakfast with... Those frickin' goons. <laughs> well, I know what he's gonna be. I know what he's gonna be sampling at that. Just to go with Tom Coburn and, well, but not syrup again. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's right. It's a breakfast. That's his favorite. That's uh-huh. his favorite meal. That's his favorite meal. <laughs> he's gonna let Tom Coburn pour. <laughs> he's gonna get it in his beard too. It's like oh. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's right, because Coburn's got a beard now. Syrup beard. He's always had a beard. He, he's freaking Dr. Well, he, Coburn, too, isn't no, he? No, he, um, he didn't have a beard a couple of years ago. He like he started growing that beard. Oh, but that's huge. You must have been growing it for... It looks, looks like a sea captain beard. I know. Well, he grows a beard very quickly, in a way, because he's a doctor. He knows all about semen. He's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he tried to doctor it up for uh, Mr. Ensign there. Yeah, Ensign <laughs> didn't work too well. Yeah, well, oh well. Yeah, it's the least he can do for his co-religionist. Oh, I, I actually was very fond of uh, what Rick Santorum had to say to those people in, uh, in Nevada there. But he was having some kind of public event and he was taking questions and they were asking about. It. It's like literally some little twelve-year-old kid was asking him. Is there something you can do to make medicine less expensive so that my father can afford it? Because my father's really sick. My father's dying. And it's yeah, it was something like that. It was, and he was, and he basically kind of snickered at him, and and just <laughs> well, he 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 kind of like he was very dismissive, and he kind of said, "Well, you know that." The, the pharmaceutical companies. See, this is what I'm talking about. The pharmaceutical companies have to make money. That's right, Joe. Or else they don't have the money to uh, invest in innovation. And then he pulls up the fetus in the jar and says to it, Isn't that right, fetus in a jar? (laughs) (laughs) 
Nefidus nods his head <laughs> knowingly. <laughs> Actually, he just kind of tips the jar a little bit. It looks like it's nodding its head. <laughs> Starting to do a ventriloquist act with a fetus in a jar. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, it's uh, it's his running mate. Um, <laughs> it's it's his running fetus. <laughs> that's right. Actually, I'm gonna burn in hell. I he, he's gonna burn in hell. Except maybe the formaldehyde will put out the flame. The, the formaldehyde will burn his hide. He'll hold up the baby in a jar to stop the bullet. <laughs> 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 President Rick President Rick Santorum holds up the, the fetus in the jar to stop the bullet. Played by Martin Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> Should probably be pay- played by his son there. I know. <laughs> Charlie Sheen. <laughs> yeah, that could be. Yeah. Could be. Rick Centaur. Oh, then Rick was asked by some lady in the audience whose husband was dying of cancer, was asked another question about, you know, she was saying, well, you know, this is a serious issue because uh, I can't afford the, the medication that's keeping my husband alive, and there's other people in the ward who literally cannot afford it well what uh, excuse me but what do those people expect they're asking a republican candidate questions like that he's a man of god matt i mean it's like they're it's expecting like compassion that, from him okay it's like that that gay soldier who is who is asking the republican candidates questions about if they'd uh like reverse. he was challenging them <laughs> <laughs> well that was a youtube debate that's or red or something like that to the like, audience yeah and they were you know he was he was able to submit a question yeah and they booed a uh you know they they booed a guy in the army that's nice that was me turning off my computer oh sure i was still paying attention to the conversation In case you were worried. So, Joe. I guess they uh, arrested Josh Fox the other day. Josh Fox. From uh, Gasland fame. Oh, right, yeah, I saw that. Fuck all. Because he was trying to, uh, he was trying to he was, film he, in in the hearing room. Yeah, he was doing something that uh, like, filmmakers and journalists do all the time, which is... Yes, but not at a Republican hearing, hearing, a Republican-led hearing in the House. That's right, well, When they're trying to question EPA officials about hydrofracking and the dangers of the chemicals. Yeah. Well, they found, you know, the evidence of well contamination in Wyoming. So that may well be, Matt. That, that may well <laughs> be. Back well to the back to Welby. Listen, Doctor <laughs> Welby. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, well we can't have any of no, that. So they bustled him out of the room. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I, I saw the video from that. Um, somehow, whoever was videotaping him was okay. <laughs> I guess they were okay with that guy. Well, I guess what him. they said, some of the staffers, some of the congressional staffers were using their, their iPhones to record. Yeah. Um, Interesting. 
Yeah, it's incredible. He's a troublemaker, okay? Well, apparently they they uh, didn't want any anybody to uh, record them and their goons talking to the EPA. No, that won't do. That won't do. Dicks. <laughs> the dick sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Back to my academy days. <laughs> Donald Warrer talking about the dick sizzle. That's a bird, Joe. By the way, this podcast is brought to you by. Um, let me see. Who can I rifle for money? The um, dick sizzle. The MacArthur Foundation. Yes, they have lots of cash. <laughs> They're ripe with cash. The MacArthur Foundation. Um, this podcast is brought to you by. <laughs> <laughs> Novo Nordisk. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is a Novo Nordisk anyway? Novo Nordisk. <laughs> They're treating diabetes, Matt. Oh, that's what's wrong. It's a drug company. Oh, boy. It's a biotech company. So that's one of the companies whose profits are so important. Please. They're driving innovation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, mostly they're paying for advertising. (laughs) But that's okay. (laughs) The innovation is kind of paid for by the university system that supports all that research. but, But never mind that. That's right. That's right. Just a little bit. Just a little bit right. Who else uh, underwrites for NPR? Oh, they got a lot of underwriters, don't they? Yeah, I think some might be overwriters. (laughs) 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 Yes, they have overwriters. Well, I was thinking about hijacking one or two because they seem to... Hell, they got a lot of... No, you're talking about hijacking now. You're talking about... About assassination and hijacking, Joe. Oh, for Christ's sake, it's just an expression. You're going to be pulled over by the... the by the you-know-whats. <laughs> the ass police. The you-know-whats and the hooskows. <laughs> They're going to put me in the crowbar hotel. <laughs> They're going to give you a striped shirt and a striped <laughs> pair of trousers to go be, with that striped shirt. I'll be wearing stripes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see? Yeah. See? You'll be talking like this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be regressing to the 1940s, see? Where everybody talk like this, see? (laughs) Keep you in there until you've got great crisscrossing on your head. (laughs) And some great crisscrossing on your chin, too. (laughs) Now we're hearkening back to early mad comics. <laughs> Starchy. <laughs> yes. That was excellent. Which is perhaps one of the most brilliant cartoons ever written. It was a takeoff on the comic strip Archie. And a pretty convincing one, too. When did those come out? In the 50s or something? Yeah, it was 1950. Before my time. 1953, I think that one was. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was pretty early on. <laughs> it's pretty freaking hilarious. Was, Back when Mad Magazine wasn't a magazine, it was a it was a comic a book, book form. It was a comic book. Yeah, and then they passed the um, comics code in like nineteen fifty five or nineteen fifty four, something <laughs> no, like that. No one could confirm that. 
I have a whole history of comics upstairs that tells you all about it. It's then why aren't you funnier? In fact, <laughs> in fact, there's a scholar at Utica College who actually knows about this. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yes. That figures. <laughs> Your elite... Co- I suppose he goes <laughs> to the lounge. Yeah, the faculty lounge. <laughs> it's like Mitt Romney harping about elitists in the faculty lounge. Right, right. <laughs> John Stewart was saying it's like <laughs> this guy who like that. takes a corporate jet everywhere he goes. We're gonna talk about you it. with your five figure salaries and your coffeeed cups. <laughs> I think I'll go play the grand piano and fly in my aeroplane. <laughs> fly in my aeroplane. <laughs> no buttered scones for me, major. Oh, and hoop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off to play the grand piano. <laughs> yeah, so this comic professor, Joe, is he very funny? <laughs> yes. Does he tell jokes? Does who? The comic professor. No, he's not a comic. I was going to say, where do you get that job? He he did the, he did his dissertation on, on comics. <laughs> yes, he did. He did the funny papers. And I bet Gosh. he got a big laugh when Ooh, it was read. Yes. It'd be funny but if it wasn't funny at all. There there was there How was ironic. There was during the McCarthy era a controversy about comic books and yeah, it was right. it was mostly sparked off by mad comics. Um because they actually I mean Mad Magazine went or Mad Comics actually went as far as to do a parody of the McCarthy hearings. In fact they did some things that sort of danced around the issue, but one was, <laughs> one was they they portrayed it as a game show called "What's My Shine," <laughs> instead of "What's My Line." Right, and and they had <laughs> they had people representing Joe McCarthy, and they had <laughs> a little Roy Cohn guy. It was it was pretty incredible. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, and they got in trouble after that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised. So they had to become a magazine because those anti-communist guys didn't have the best sense of humor. They had to become a magazine because they passed the comics code that said you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that, and they had a whole bunch of regulations about what could be said between the covers of a comic book. So they had to turn it into a magazine. And that's well, that's how either, Mad Magazine was born. Either that or chase around Groucho Marx. That's right. <laughs> and I'm gonna get the rest of you, Marx brothers. <laughs> okay, you yodeler, <laughs> and you're the hog caller, <laughs> Mister <Mr>. Bachigaloop. <laughs> Mister Bachigaloop. <laughs> Haul him off. Uh, which you know, I was thinking of. I'm not sure if it was in Mad Magazine. Obviously, years later. In the seventies, it might have been one of the kind of takeoffs of Mad Magazine, but the one about Planet that went ape. It was the takeoff <laughs> on Planet of the Apes. And I was thinking, thinking of the jokes from from the Beneath the Planet of the Apes one. Yeah, that's that's the one that always sticks with me for some reason. Why are it's they like, beating those apes? <laughs> those apes were stupid. They were they were sweeping the beds and making the streets. <laughs> I was thinking when they went down into the, when the James Franciscus guy went down into the subway, <laughs> and his companion said, "Wow, it's all it's all wrecked and destroyed. Actually, this is a really well preserved 
portion of <laughs> no what did you this is a really well represent <laughs> this is a really 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 well preserved section of, of what, it what, what it actually looked, looked like, like back then days. right <laughs> and it. it had like you know skeletons and people <laughs> <laughs> wrecked trains it was hilarious it was freaking hilarious Oh yes, I think they they parodied the whole series. They went through all five incredibly stupid movies. They actually only did four because they only had four at that time. Oh, they didn't do Battle for Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yet. they didn't have Battle for her yet. <laughs> That's okay. That was a parody in itself. Our conquest of the Planet of the Apes. That was the fourth movie, I think. Yeah, I that was the one with Battle Ricardo Montalban. Yes. <laughs> No, I think they did that one because (laughs) didn't they say, and Roddy McDowell is back now. (laughs) (laughs) Because he was gone for the third movie. Escape from Planet of the Apes. (laughs) I forbid you to enter the Forbidden Zone. I forbid you to forbid me to enter the (laughs) I'm an ape. What do they expect, Shakespeare? (laughs) From you, they do. <laughs> Maurice Evans. Yeah, right. I think it was Maurice Evans. <laughs> <laughs> Although I couldn't imagine him in Shakespeare. <laughs> Could you imagine him as <laughs> Macbeth or something? <laughs> Soft. <laughs> what light from yonder window breaks? He's such a ham bone. <laughs> And of course, Battle of... Uh, the ham bones connected to the cash bone, Matt. Battle for the Planet of the Apes had all those great uh, uh, campfire aped sing-alongs like <laughs> Ape has killed ape. Ape has killed ape. Ape has killed ape. Ape has killed ape. <laughs> yes. Just keep saying it over and over, a chorus and over again. Of, yeah, a chorus of a bunch of people in, in monkey suits <laughs> saying, Ape has killed ape. In unison... <laughs> At the end of the movie. <laughs> I know Charlton it's Heston wasn't in that movie, but <laughs> it kind of reminded me of of the last scene in the Charlton Heston movie called Omega Man, where he's oh like being God. crucified, kind of. <laughs> People, he's got his ascot on, of course, because <laughs> it was the 70s, so you have an ascot on. <laughs> No matter who you are, <laughs> no matter what the time period the movie's supposed to be taking place in. I know. When they went into space, when they went, went into translunar insertion, they looked back at the Earth and it had an ass. <laughs> <laughs> or a turtle nun. First shots of the Earth. <laughs> it's got an ass cut. <laughs> you sounded like Fred McMurray. <laughs> Hi, I'm Fred McMurray. I have an ass cut. <laughs> I think they even gave Orson well, Welles an ascot. <laughs> well, <Jip. laughs> they even gave Orson Welles an ascot. <laughs> I'm thinking about wearing an ascot myself, since it is the future now. Quite so. It's about the time of Omega Man, I think. I know, we're, we're practically there, aren't we? Or Soylent Green time. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, the president in that movie. (laughs) Yeah, the president in that movie looked a lot like Mitt Romney. (laughs) Yeah, well, he does look like a movie president. A bad movie president. (laughs) Corporations (laughs) are people. They're people. They're people. (laughs) Change the recipe like they said they were going to. They're people. They're people. You can know them. (laughs) When the hunger. 
Silent Green, oh Silent Green is people you can on when the going's rough. Thank you. That came from uh, Mutual of Omaha's theme. Sound like are the hungriest people in the world. The song glorifying cannibalism and children eating other children. You're grossing me out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a vegetarian. I imagine you don't eat people. Yes, I told you last night. <laughs> I was telling Joe before kids we turned people to him. We before we turned on to the microphone thingies. I was, See? I was waiting to give a presentation in front of a room full of very strange doctor-like objects. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, eat, they were eating like pigs. and um, They were eating pigs? I, of course, wasn't eating anything. And I was sitting and kind of working on my computer. And this one doctor comes back and he's got like two plates. And he couldn't fit it. Both plates at the, at the place he was sitting. Don't you and always so eat? So he with puts two one of the plates on my table, and so I've got this huge plate of like two piles of steaming meat. And I, I'm a vegetarian, and a vegan even. It was very yeah, that's right. I'm even more complex than brown. <laughs> um, anyway, it was the grossest thing, and I tried to like put my computer screen in front of it, but I couldn't quite work it that way and so i had to pretend it was cat food and the smell <laughs> no i had to say okay it's a dish of cat food i can live with it that's about the size of it i could have made a big scene and like smashed it down smashed it across the floor and Fool, said, get that thing away from me <laughs> you're killing yourselves <sighs> don't you know what that is it is filth it once lived it's destroying the atmosphere besides. Matt only eats things that uh, fall off of trees. <laughs> but what if a monkey falls out of a tree, Joe? <laughs> no, Can, you <laughs> Can you eat the monkey? Can you eat the monkey? I ate the monkey. <laughs> I ate a monkey. A monkey. No, it's good to be a vegan, though, because then you can feel much proud feelings. You can I be much superior you, to all other people. I am proud of because you. Because they are all inferior. They are inferior. <laughs> More complex than brown. I am saving the world, <laughs> and you are contributing to its downfall. <laughs> well, what? Blah, blah, of course, blah, I did blah. drive there, so it's like uh, <laughs> <laughs> contributing to the downfall a little bit. But they drove there, too. So. Well, that's the thing I always think of when I see like a Nissan Leaf. I'm always thinking, uh, you you people are, are polluting the earth. And then it's like they plug in their Leaf, and I see this I see this line coming from their house over to this <laughs> hydrofracking well or something. <laughs> it's like belching smoke from this know, plant, right. generating the energy to charge up your Nissan that's Leaf. Like, Gazillions of tons of methane is escaping from the hydrofracking well, <laughs> going right to the atmosphere. It's clean energy. That's what we call clean energy. Yeah, it's a cleanup <laughs> for for some uh, fortunate company. <laughs> clean profit. 
It sure is. Fuckers. Well, Joe, I think it's about that time. I think it might be. What do we say? We say the Heidi. We say the Heidi Ho. We say the Heidi Ho to Buddy. Gonna get me a piece of the. Gonna get me some of that sweet raw. Trying to summon your inner David Clayton Thomas. Is he still alive? I think he is. Wow. I think. What goes up must come down. Spinning wheels. Spinning wheels. He had the greatest voice ever. I got a bunch of trouble. I made fun of him once in front of somebody and I got in trouble because they liked David. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, you think that you could at least make fun of blood, sweat, and tears in front of any group, but no. There's some loyal fans. That's right. That's right. They're still holding the torch. And he used some very classic forms, kind of like Rick Perry used in his second song. That's called... That we're playing in this? Or the second song he wrote? I'm endorsing Newt Gingrich. Oh! (laughs) It's got a kind of a revival feel to it. Yeah, it does. We lack it for that reason. It's a real <laughs> hand clapper. <laughs> Rick, I think, is a vegan, too. Hell, hell, hell. <laughs> Except for this hero. Except for when he's shooting coyotes. Hell, hell, hell. <laughs> well, he didn't eat them. He's just shooting them. <laughs> he's bleeding those trees dry, man. <laughs> those trees are alive. They're alive. They are alive, Joe. He's sucking the blood right out of him. I know lots of trees. So anyway. So anyway. We can hear this. We can hear this. It's called. It's called. <laughs> Stop saying. Everything. I'm starting to. The echo is starting to precede your utterance. I know. It's like I'm in a time tunnel. It's a time vortex. It's a time vortex. It's oh, if only your dick too felt were here. I'm in the time tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Flush them. Flush them. We we can't. The tank isn't filled up yet. <laughs> the time <laughs> the toilet. stupid piece yeah. of junk time toilet. It's like, what the hell? It never works. It's like the transporter on Star Trek. It's like, oh, great. It doesn't work. And... <laughs> Erwin Allen was just like his entire career was about things not working. <laughs> no. I know these incredible inventions that don't work. Let's face it, it was terrible. Okay, okay then play the frickin' song, Joe. We'll play the frickin' song. Thank you very much. Hello, I'm Rick Perry. I'm endorsing New Game Grade, y'all. He's bloated with charisma or some kind of gas. He's three parts Nixon and another two parts half. I'm endorsing him for president. Endorsing him, I am. Woo! Now I'm back home in Texas. This is all I have. Governor with the empty hat. Let them have their last. But in two short years, or is it for a half? And practicing my math Newt, Newt, Newt He's so dear to my heart I regret the campaign ads 
at the time. Well, I'm afraid that's all we got for this month. Tune in in March. We're going to have another great time here on This Is Big Green. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to my brother Matt. Thanks to our corporate spokespeople, especially from the Oil and Gas Institute. Do you feel that rumbling below you? Yes, that is them. They're coming to get you. Check out our website, big-green.net. Bye-bye.